get in for uh, meth? And you've called the police to ask how illegal meth is? Well, yeah, I figured if anyone would know, it'd be you guys. Is this Darnell Dickums of Cherrywood Road? <laughs> no, uh, Darnell's not here right now. Can I take a message? Uh, the police are on their way, Darnell. Oh, shit, nuts. I mean, yeah, that's fine, because nothing's wrong here except me just cooking some meth. Oh, devil nuts, I said it again. <laughs> Darnell's in trouble. <laughs> I hope that came through pretty well. Uh, I heard it this morning. A friend sent me that amongst some other good tidbits, and I appreciate it. And uh, I thought I'd share it because I about lost it when I heard Darnell's 911 call. I think it's real. It sounds pretty real. Uh, Darnell was definitely home, and I think uh, <laughs> called the cops to see how how illegal cooking meth is. Uh, greetings, everyone. It's September 15th. It's about a little after 10 a.m. Pacific. thought I'd do the show a little earlier, get some positive news out in light of the so-called landslide defeat of the recall in California yesterday. Uh, the polls closed at 8 p.m. Pacific, and the Associated Press declared the recall defeated and Gavin Newsom still being the governor before 9 p.m. Pacific. I found that interesting because even the most confident in Gavin Newsom yesterday in the media were predicting that we might not know until today that some some of the mail-in ballots that were postmarked yesterday would need to be counted, that it would be somewhat close, but he'd still win by maybe double digits. I mean, it, last I looked, it was like 60 to 40. Or I don't even know if Elder had 40. Or the, I don't know if Yes on the Recall had 40. Larry Elder did very well amongst the optional candidates, but I want to take a look at this result, and I've used a couple articles to go through why this looks pretty shady, but it's not an indication of what can happen in a real election. Remember, this is a recall. And recalls also have mixed reviews amongst even the most conservative anti-Newsom voters in California and around the country because it is an out-of-process move, right? It's basically saying, hey, we want to redo. We don't want to live with the guy we elected. And I get some criticisms there. And, you know, was it warranted? I do believe so. It's part of the process. It's legal. But there are people that don't like it. And I've seen a lot on social media from anti-Newsom independents and Democrats voting against the recall because they don't like the recall. We're going to talk about some details and why there might actually be a fix in here. It's pretty simple stuff considering how the recall voting was set up. So we'll get into some, some polling data and also something from August that's going to make you feel good if you feel defeated uh, as a conservative after this recall, reminding you that this is in California, the bluest of blue states. And I told you yesterday and the day before, I was trying to be positive about it, but it was highly unlikely that Gavin Newsom was going to be recalled. Now, that being said, a closer look at some of the numbers tell me tells me that they definitely padded the stat, that they were concerned that it would be close. They brought out all the figureheads from the Democratic Party to include the President of the United States. Uh, 
to campaign against the recall and in favor of Gavin Newsom. They did all that. They were scared. And believe me, they didn't leave it up to the voter entirely, in my opinion, after what I've read. And I'll share that with you. We'll go through some other news. Um, there's a really good article on the New York Post, I believe from a couple days ago, but it's I just read it again, provided to me by the same friend who gave us that fantastic clip in the beginning that shows how ridiculous the attempt to blame Donald Trump is for the Afghanistan debacle. Um, it's, I mean, when you hear what the plan was under Trump, you'll understand how, how embarrassing um, it is to blame Trump and really how cowardly it is. Um, it, it's, it's really rather, rather messy. And Lindsey Graham um, is doing some things I'm not sure how I feel about with regard to um, what he thinks we should do in Afghanistan. We'll talk about what's probably going to happen with some of the war hawk Republicans out there who might have a good point in this case because we abandoned Afghanistan in such a terrible way with Americans still there that we might owe them some help. And uh, when we talk about what Trump had planned, you'll realize how good that plan was, how it X'd out Al-Qaeda and really kept the Taliban under wraps with the credible threat that if they stepped out of line like they are now, they would receive the full force of the U.S. military. That's a direct quote. So going back to the beginning, let's talk about the Disney villain Gavin Newsom, who's still your governor for at least one more year and probably in, perpetu in, in perpetuity because California's not going red. And I, I didn't think anything of it when I saw it last night. They make it very easy to vote, but you hope that the people mailing in votes and dropping off ballots are legal voters. And then I saw something out of Orange County, red Orange County. If you know Southern California, you know California at all, you know that Orange County is a red county. And they have pulled some shenanigans even there with congressional elections. When you go back to the steel in November of 2020, you had a number, a number of fraudulent looking uh, turnouts that were reversed. Uh, so you go, let's go back to 2016, right, actually. So 2016, when Trump won, Trump won, let's see, one, two, three, four of the six districts in Orange County. He lost, um, so he, you know, he lost California, but District 39, 45, 49, and 48 were bright red. But then right in the middle, Districts 47 and 48 in 2016 randomly go blue. Now, this was that overnight deal where um, somebody, I know it was one of them was named Kim, and um, the other Republican were ahead. And then it was uh, reversed overnight. And um, then in 2018, um, it totally turned blue, right? So I'm sorry. 2016, almost all red. 2018, even the most red districts turned blue. And in 2018, if you can believe it, Orange County went 100% blue in the 2018 midterms, that supposed blue wave that never really hit because they didn't win the Senate and they didn't do that well in the House. But they picked up some really suspect districts in Orange County that were bright red in 2016. 
And it wasn't like the economy was bad in 2018. It wasn't like there was some rebellion that needed to happen as a referendum against Trump in 2018. Um, yeah, they had impeachment. Yeah, they did things that generated turnout from their base in the 28 midterms. But there was still a great deal of support for Donald Trump and the Republicans in what is known to be a heavily Republican county, Orange County, California. Well, it's interesting. In 2020, when Donald Trump supposedly lost, uh, it's incredible. One of the Republicans who ended up winning uh, is a Republican, Michelle Steele. So she won back 48, District 48 in Orange County in 2020. It had gone blue supposedly in 2018. And Representative Kim won the seat he lost in 2018 back in 2020. Pretty incredible. And um, also not likely that they lost the first time. Okay, because in 2018, we saw those two races, I was off by a couple years, change overnight. And just like we saw in the presidential election in 2020. And that is the one I was referencing is Republican Young Kim. If you remember, the Democrat, he lost to the Democrats overnight in 2018, won it back in or won it for the first time two years later, District 39. But in the California recall yesterday in the preceding weeks when voting was open, Gavin Newsom won Orange County in a landslide. We can get into any other numbers you want, but this is crap. There is absolutely no way the voters of Orange County, after dealing with restrictions, mandates, and the ridiculousness of Gavin Newsom and COVID-19 in California, you're telling me that the recall was completely defeated last night in all of Orange County? that he's somehow popular in that state. It's showing that Gavin Newsom won conservative Orange County 52.6% to 47.4%. So over well over half the people in Orange County, one of the most red counties in the country, frankly, just voted to keep Gavin Newsom. Stop. Stop. Now, you might say, hey, this is a turnout issue. Maybe it was an anti-recall issue. Well, let's just take Republicans out of it and look at all registered voters who signed the petition for the recall as the actual vote approached, right? You had to have a petition signed with at least a million, if I remember, support the recall to even enact it, right? To kick it in. Well, It was, it's nuts because more than 30% of the people who signed the petition to recall Newsom were independents and Democrats. So three out of 10 of the people who signed the petition in favor of removing the guy were Democrats and independents. So that's a pretty strong bellwether for where things were going at the time. You're telling me he changed it so much that he not only won by a landslide, Again, I think he would have won even if they didn't cheat it. They were padding it just in case. And we'll talk about why I think he would have won. It's more than just them being a blue state. And I'm not, I don't have a problem with it because I'm glad Larry Elder did what he did. But three out of ten of the supporters of the recall, of the people who signed the petition to recall Newsom, three out of ten, 30% were Democrats and independents. But he won the whole thing in a landslide.
I don't like conspiracy theories. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think this is a solid theory that with the poor chain of custody, with the ballot harvesting that was able to go on in this unique recall environment with 22 million ballots being mailed out, I believe, that they were able to cheat it in small ways, but in a large enough scale to add a couple million votes or flip votes, which is even worse when you're flipping a yes on the recall to a no, or just to influence people or just to gather ballots and fill them out. They, they caught people with unauthorized ballots, ballots they shouldn't have, hundreds of them. Who knows how many were out there? It's one of the reasons why in the back of my mind I didn't get too excited for this. Because even if the California voter wanted this, the majority, they weren't going to let it happen. The California Democratic Party was not going to let it happen. And this became a national referendum. And that was the strategy for Larry Elder. I think Larry Elder is one of the smartest conservatives in the game. And he knew they wouldn't let him win this recall. But what he did, he put his name as a leading conservative for the National Republican Party out there. Maybe he got enough out there to run against whomever is running to replace Dianne Feinstein. Because Dianne Feinstein is going to retire as one of the senators from California. She's been there forever. That could be Larry Elder's move. Those things can happen in blue states. You can get real close if we've got a real election. And I don't know if it's going to be this same universal mail-in concept where everybody gets a ballot and there's no chain of custody, right? The ballots can go from anywhere, the post office, they get dropped off in boxes that have really no accountability when they're picked up, how they're handled. And there's no verification. Nobody's verifying signatures in these recall elections. Maybe it'll change. Maybe Larry makes it close and continues to grow. He's not that old. But he did make this a national referendum. And a lot of the pundits think that's why he was defeated. I don't think you can say either way whether making the California recall a national issue helped or hurt Larry Elder. I do believe one of the things I heard is the was it SB8, the six-week heartbeat abortion law in Texas. That became a national issue. And that might have energized Democrats in blue California to turn out and vote no on the recall. I just don't, I don't know. But it's, it's beyond suspect. You're going to tell me Orange County, California, went 52 plus percent against the recall? No way. No way. I mean, less than seven months ago, two of the districts, or what? Mass a little off. About a year ago. It's already almost October. About 10 months ago, two states, two districts that went blue flipped right away back to red in the 2020 election. Because remember, the House of Representatives, they run every two years. So Orange County, in a little over four years, from go back to 2016, was majority red, now is entirely blue, in an election that was about Gavin Newsom. No way. He's despised in Orange County. There's no way. They over they overshot on that one. And it raises red flags that frankly will, will never lead to anything. We know this. They know it. They they did it in the national election in 2020. Right in front of us. 
Those bitches in Detroit set up and counted ballots at 1 a.m. Not giving a damn about observers. Hell, was it Atlanta? Or was, no, it was Philadelphia where those clowns were putting up cardboard and poster board to block out the glass, to block out observers. They didn't care. It's entitlement, and they're liberals. They're, they, you don't get more entitled than a liberal, especially one that shows up to parties, to dinners, not wearing a mask, knowing that everybody else has to, not just people that aren't there, but the people that are working there, that are serving them. You're telling me California, over 60% of California, I mean, there's going to be more votes counted, but I think it might go up. I don't know. When you talk about these drop-off and recent mail-in votes that only have to be postmarked by yesterday. No, no way. No way. And if I, if Orange County had been normal, I would be less suspicious. But when you go back to the signatures on the petition, and you tell me 30% of those who signed the petition in favor of recalling Gavin Newsom were Democrats or independents, I don't buy it. I don't buy this massive margin of victory. But remember, questioning the national election in 2020, the presidential election, is baseless. Every time the left-wing press, which is 90% of them at least, when they mention statistics about how Republicans believe that election was stolen, they always say regardless of no evidence. They ignore the 5,000 people who signed statements under penalty of perjury as witnesses to what they saw and experienced in the ways of impropriety and fraud at hundreds of polling stations around the country. Those are the ones we just know about. Imagine if people were asked questions in California, if the press actually cared, in states that were super blue, but win by these landslide margins. Again, what, what did Biden get in California? Over 60%? No way. No way. And maybe I've been careful or too careful calling this out, but I, I get tired of talking about what they've stolen because nothing results. There's no result in any favorable way when we talk about it. You've got the Arizona recount audit, forensic audit, that I don't think found anything. I don't think it's possible to find something forensically that is a smoking gun. And so they've been delaying the release of the report. Maybe they already have and we don't know about it. But the people I follow, which is a difficult job, everyone, I'm going to tell you, the people I follow on Twitter for you so that I know what's going on are the most nauseating honks on the left you can imagine. So if and when that Arizona Maricopa County forensic audit report comes out, there's a preliminary one that's supposedly done. I talked about it. It's 198 pages. The guy that was touting it has all but disappeared. I remember his name because it was Pulitzer. I don't think he's any relation to the Pulitzer of the Pulitzer Prize. This guy was ready, talking about it, smoking gun, just like all these dipshits did in the, in the fallout after the election in 2020. You know, we got him. They became just as bad as the Democrats going after Trump. It became a, a gif, a meme. Right, Stephen Colbert did a great job, leftist he is, in trolling the people that kept writing articles and coming out for four years about Trump. Oh, we got him. We got him. It's over. 
the smoking gun. We did this. We had people doing the same thing to us after the election steal. They were just making a ton of money getting their views up. Sidney Powell and the likes of them, they, they were off their ass. They found some things and they gave, they put steroids in it, made a big case out of it, enjoyed, and enjoyed the podium. I blocked them from memory. Very disappointing. But now here we are. We, and we're not saying anything bad about some of the accusations or the people, what they saw in 2020. We're seeing the same thing now in California. They did, they went way overboard in this one and they've been caught. But let's talk numbers here because I talked about it yesterday. The press is going to do their damnedest to make this some kind of national indication of the political wins, right? I'm quoting an article yesterday from CNN Politics. Well, let's go back less than a month, Sunday, August 22nd, 2021. This guy is Harry Enton, right? Harry Enton's a reporter at CNN who provided an analysis, and the cover photo is the Republican Party elephant logo. And the title, August 22 of this year, how the political environment is moving towards Republicans. This is a great review. I'll give Harry credit. Now, he ties it up at the end to try to save his leftist viewers or leftist readers, which is the majority of the people reading CNN politics. He tries to save them from the heart palpitations they probably had while reading this analysis. And it starts off, Republicans gained a seat in the kinetic Connecticut State Senate this week. They won a special election in a district that Joe Biden won (laughs) by more than 20 points in 2020. Wow. A district in Connecticut that Biden won by 20 points in November of last year, right? This was a special election in August. You're talking about nine months. In nine months, some Republican in the state Senate representing a district that Biden won by 20 points, this person pulls off a Republican victory, makes up for a 20-point... I mean, yeah, he's not Donald Trump, but stop. Now, of course, this person who writes the article says these elections have caveats, but the trend in special states election this year, 2021, is becoming noticeable. Yeah, pal, Because Joe Biden is doing a lot of great work for Republicans and will continue to do so. It goes on to say Republicans are doing better than they were in the beginning of the year, Joe Biden, and it could foretell their party's success in 2020. This is only two paragraphs in. So imagine the latte liberal reading this, right? Sitting there at Starbucks, mask over their face, covering their mouths between sips, of their $17 beverage, right now the caffeine's kicking in and they're having an elevated heart rate, which brings me joy like you wouldn't believe. Maybe you would believe. Some of these races, this goes on, some of these races included multiple Democratic and or Republican candidates. So you got these jungle elections, right? That is something statistically that you have to to take note because it's not a, these aren't typical head-to-head, one candidate for each party, Elections, but it says either way you look at it, there's been a slight Republican overperformance. Slight, I don't know, the numbers are a little better than slight compared to where these things stood last year. Let's see, they talk about the national 
election, how Trump lost by four points, it's irrelevant because we know 81 million people did not vote for Joe Biden. No way. What really jumps out, though, is the trend. Hello, tried to bury it there. What's his name? Yeah, Harry. Harry, don't bury what matters. I want to know about trends. Well, he does go on to say, what really jumps out, though, is the trend. Now, if your latte liberal at Starbucks is still reading, which they probably aren't, right? The moment they read something like this from CNN, they go on to Twitter and bash CNN for biased reporting. I've seen it. It's, it's hilarious. CNN reports just cuts and pastes a number that make, make a Republican or, God forbid, Trump look good, and they're slamming them. You should, you know, I talked about it when the Afghanistan debacle came out. Some of the most ardent Biden leftist fascists at CNN had to ask their audience, hey, you know, what is going on here? How dare they? The audience went crazy. But here's the trend. It goes on. When you look at the first 17 special elections this year, right, which is early 2021 going through April, the Republican overperformance over Trump, over Trump, over Trump, was just a point. Examining the last 17 special elections, the overperformance has been seven points. So in the beginning of the year, it wasn't a big bump over what Trump did, right, going through April. But then if you get more recent, right, if we're looking at the trend, where is it going? So you, if you look at an average over a long period of time, that tells you something. But I want to know the trend. Because if the average is favorable for Republicans, but the trend is going back towards Democrats, I'm more worried, right? What have you done for me lately? What are the results lately and where are we going? Don't talk to me about 2016, 2018, or last year. I want to know where things are going. Well, they're improving for Republicans. Republicans have been outperforming the 2020 baseline by double digits since the beginning of July 2021. So if you take out the beginning part of the year, when people were still giving Joe Biden a honeymoon, I would think, you cut that out and you start your analysis at July 1 and looking at the recent 17 special elections around the country and you compare it to a full year baseline, all of 2020, COVID, keep in mind, double digits. That's the trend in favor of Republicans, and I would say Trump, maybe. Now Harry's got to bring back the latte liberal, who did hang in here, right? She hung in, okay? The mask now is down. She forgot. Her mouth is wide open. There might be some of that non-fat steamed cream, right? All I mean, she might have spilled. This could be a problem, right? Someone might tell her she needs a napkin, but it's COVID. Talking to people might spread it. But he goes on to say whether such a shift sustains itself can't be known at this point. Oh, she's relieved. Heart rate's coming down a little bit. Maybe she won't send that tweet, right? Maybe she doesn't need to send another meme showing that Trump is fat, but it would make her feel good and it would make her feel smart. And that's what matters, how she feels. Her being a complete idiot who doesn't realize she can't afford a $17 latte doesn't matter. Because unemployment hasn't completely run out yet. And maybe she'll look for a job today. Who knows? But equality and being stunning, right? That's what it's all about. He goes on to say, It shouldn't be too surprising if the Republican overperformance does hold. Back in 2009, this is a big one. 
right? 2009, not long after Obama was first elected, there was a big movement away from Democrats in special elections toward the middle of the year. This foretold Republicans doing very well in 2010 and not doing a whole lot with it after that. The one thing is clear, it goes on, is that special elections this year took look nothing like they did four years ago at this point. Back then, Democrats were outperforming Hillary Clinton's performance by 14 points in the average special state legislative and federal elections. Yeah, Hillary Clinton was and is a virus. Most Democrats, a lot of Democrats, when I say most who voted for her, did it with their nose plugged. And like this election, it was more a vote against Trump. Same as it was with Biden. No one voted for Biden. And not as many people voted for Hillary as she'd like to believe. So the bottom line is, California is absolutely not an indication of where things are going, where things are trending. According to someone we know who is a liberal, Harry Enten at CNN, the trend is very favorable for Republicans. This article is easy to find. If someone's trolling you on social media, don't say anything. Cut and paste Harry Enten, E-N-T-E-N's article and walk away. Because the person trolling you about California being some kind of national political indication is a complete fool. You probably know this going in. And so just keep proving it to them that they're a fool. They don't research. Uh, One told me, I read a lot. I love that. She reads a lot. Then I shared this article, which she hadn't read, but she reads a lot. I don't care if you read a lot. If you read quality and you do a little research, you're going to know a lot more than someone who, quote, reads a lot. Love that. Had to screenshot that one for, for later or for whatever. But uh, maybe I'll do a slideshow of liberal social media idiocy, idiocy one day. I've got a bank of like 200 screenshots that I haven't seen on social media. They're just absolute gold. I need to start sharing them. Um, but then I got to block out the name and, you know, it's cancel culture. It's not sometimes even worth the laugh. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. But the trend is good. The trend is good. And think about it. This analysis goes back well before the majority. I mean, all these elections. Unless you look at this week in Connecticut, Biden isn't a factor really until August, right? He got a honeymoon on the border, on crime. No one was talking about it in the national press. Afghanistan has changed everything for Joe Biden. Even the predictable cover that's going on right now is not enough. And if you go to what I talked about yesterday with what General Milley did, you know, when I when I was doing the show yesterday, that story was just being released because it's from Bob Woodward's book. Now, CNN chose to highlight and lead with Milley going about basically a coup. They don't call it that, of course. They talk about Milley, how he was worried about Trump going rogue with the nuclear codes. It's embarrassing. But the pain is not going anywhere for Biden. He's got not only himself to blame, his senile self, but he's got Kamala, who doesn't talk a lot. That's the smartest thing they're doing, is keeping her as quiet as they can and keeping the mask on as long as they can. But you've got Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, being proven as a Democrat leftist operative in, in the most final way in, in witnesses telling Bob Woodward twice, October 2020, January 2021, Milley promised his counterpart in China, the highest ranking general 
in the Chinese military, General Lee, merely promised Lee that he would give him a heads up if we were to attack. That's treason. And fortunately, senators like Mark Rubio are calling it out. The heat is building. I don't think, you never know, that Biden can get cover from this one. If Milley manages to hang in, it's going to be yet one more disgrace for our military, which I shamelessly do not claim veteran status anymore. I want no association with what our military is now. And it is a massive black eye that the highest ranking member of the U.S. military is a treasonous leftist operative. But that is okay with CNN and MSNBC. You should, I hope you didn't have to sit through it. I saw plenty of clips. Tucker Carlson played them last night of the leftists, the regular reporters, the pundits, George Will, who's supposedly the founder of conservatism, George Will defending Milley's actions, defending treason. This is how far Trump derangement syndrome has gone. You have Democrats, you have journalists defending treason because of the situation, the scenario that Trump created. That it was situationally appropriate and what Milley must have been up against. They will try to hold him out as a hero, maybe even through a necessary hearing that might not happen until the Republicans win back Congress in the midterms, because that is what we absolutely need. I want to talk about one more poll, and it's from, uh, well, it's released today. I don't know the time frame, but it's recent, and I love it. I think it's another great indication on top of what I shared from last August from CNN Politics. This is also from CNN politics. And it opens, most Americans feel democracy is under attack in this country. 56%. That's critical. Well over half the country thinks democracy is under attack. Okay. That means they are tired of COVID restrictions. And that is a heavy lean to the right. Nearly all Americans feel that democracy in the U.S. is at least being tested. 93%. Now, some of them are people that think Donald Trump is still a threat to democracy or Republicans because of maybe the Texas state abortion deal that became national, but and maybe the recall. I think there's some Democrats in there that would say, oh, it's because of the recall. That's a threat to democracy. It's a Republican move. But 93% talking about democracy, our freedom being tested is an indication I like to see that people are saying something is not right. 56% think it's under attack, 93%. So almost another 40% think it's at least being tested, right? Now, Republicans are far more likely than Democrats to say democracy is under attack. 75% of Republicans are basically saying democracy is under attack. They're basically going back to the 2020 election, COVID restrictions, right? And now vaccine mandates, factor that in, I almost forgot that. 75% of registered Republicans think we are under attack. That tells me the base is fired up. We always need that in an election. We got one in a year, a federal national one. 46% of Democrats, so almost half of Democrats think democracy is under attack. Now, I don't know how many are liberals that think abortion is somehow you know, limiting abortion is somehow an attack on democracy. Plenty of them do. So is this CNN? If they ran this poll, I don't know who did. Um, 
Yeah. It's you got to factor that in. Don't get too excited about the 46%. But a lot in there are going to say democracy is under attack because of COVID restrictions, um, because of COVID mandates and things like that. That is a factor. Um, Here's the interesting part. Among Republicans and Republican-leaning independents, those who say Trump ought to be the leader of the party are much likelier to see democracy as under a threat. So 79% versus 51% among those who say Trump should not be the... So so of the Republicans and Republican-leaning independents, right? Let's see, 79% in that group. So almost all of them who say that Trump should um, be the party leader also believe... So it's a combination. Most Republicans and most Republican-leaning voters are going to say two things, 79%. They're going to say um, Trump ought to be the leader, and most of those who say Trump ought to be the leader, um, well, most of those, meaning the Republican-leaning people, most of them, 79% also said that democracy is under attack. That's strong, right? That's strong. Now, I want to look at this. I'm going to click on a link. And if you go to it, this is from Sunday. So they, they hyperlink the phrase Trump ought to be the leader. So I knew there was something there. From Sunday, September 12th, most Republicans want Trump as the GOP's leader, but are still divided on whether he'd help them retake the White House. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, don't, I think that is a good indication of the Republican voter. I think we all know we'd love to see Trump getting people elected. We wonder if he'd be so polarizing that he might lose the national election, right? Uh, who knows? Who knows? But it's interesting. That's an interesting discussion, right? It says Republicans and Republican-leaning independents say 63% to 37% that Trump should be the leader of the Republican Party. But they're about evenly split. So 50-50. Remember, there's independents in this one. And this is a CNN poll. So CNN has a really loose definition of a Republican. Okay, remember... Remember that Biden's town hall questions with so-called Republicans were throwing softballs. But going back to the poll, most Americans feel democracy is under attack. That favors a challenger, okay? That doesn't favor an incumbent, Biden or some Democrat sitting in already a vulnerable seat that's going to be up for election in 2022. There's absolutely no way you want to see that people think things are screwed up, that democracy's screwed up if you're trying to run as an incumbent, trying to defend your seat. Because um, that, that, that is the environment that favored Trump in 2016, right? The rebellion against the swamp, against the status quo, right? And... Um, I like, I like where we are, and I wanted to bring positive news. I didn't have to look hard for it. So it wasn't like I searched and searched so that I could shape the show to give you feels that aren't accurate indications of where things are. I think we are standing very strong nationally, and we shouldn't screw it up. We are up against not just the Democratic Party. We're up against the press, right? These people hate you. You do not have the right to have an opinion, your vote doesn't count. And they will do whatever is necessary. That's how they think, right? Going back to what AOC said about attending the Met Gala, it's a responsibility. 
That's one of those dangerous run-for-the-hills words to keep an eye on. When Democrats, when liberals start, start talking about their responsibility, it opens up the playbook for them, right? Stealing an election is not a crime. It's their responsibility as someone who's supposedly saving our democracy, right? And I'm, I'm always, I always fear a capable enemy. And we should fear um, what the Democrats will do, especially if Republicans nail it in the 2020 midterms, right? They are going to nationalize against whomever runs for the Republicans. They won't care who they run in 2024 as the Democrat candidate. Will it be Kamala Harris? I don't know. I mean, she's got to run for the nomination. Just having been vice president, it's not a layup. It can be, but for her, I don't think it's a layup. Not in those heels. She's going to have a problem. She doesn't do well when under the spotlight. That's why she couldn't get more than 7% of Californians to support her for the nomination last time. I, Other than that, I don't know if looking back to the problems of the last election in 2020 or this recall does us any good. You know, Pennsylvania, I know Wisconsin's trying to do it, but Pennsylvania's Senate committee, which is Republican, just voted seven to four to proceed with an investigation of the 2020 election. They supposedly toured Arizona, liked what they saw, and thought they could find similar evidence, which is evidence we really haven't seen. There is nothing right now, nothing in the most buried parts of the most right-wing websites talking about the Arizona forensic audit. But Pennsylvania is pressing, and it's good. It's not going to get any kind of overturn of anything. But maybe it can spark a deeper investigation, and maybe they find something, even in the way of impropriety, not fraud, that allows them to tighten things up. Because the legislation, this goes back to when I first started the podcast last year, legislators run the elections for a state. It's not the governor. In many of these cases, and I haven't seen anything, all of these legislatures had voted years ago to give the power of running elections over to the Secretary of State. That's a huge problem in states like Pennsylvania where, you, yeah, you have a Republican House and Senate, Republican Sem- Assembly and Senate, right, but a Democratic governor. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, that's your scenario. So the Secretary of State is an appointed office. I believe, in most states it is. And they're going to be Democrats. The governor's a Democrat. So they're, they're going to subpoena in Pennsylvania a lot of information. Who knows what they'll be able to get? I, I have, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, Democrats don't want it. Um, but, you know, what type of investigation, who knows? It's not something I want to get excited about, but I want to mention it that, you know, Mastro, the guy that we got behind the Republican in Pennsylvania, is trying, he's trying his best trying to find just a percentage of what they know went on. And we will, we will see if they ever do. I don't know. I feel as hopeful as I did about the recall. Um, but again, I, I hope I gave you some positive things to look at in the numbers. I know it went pretty deep into it. But the left isn't done. It shows if they're writing about it in CNN, they know there's a trend that's not favorable to them. And let's be real, they're not going to try to win the issues to switch that trend, to shift it. They don't do that. They never went on issues. They went on emotion 
And as it looks, they went on impropriety. But keep your chins up. Keep your heads up. I'll be back tomorrow. And, um, you know, no surprise in the California recall. The surprise is how they padded it. I'll keep looking for more evidence. And I'll keep verifying what I'm finding. The initial numbers look like they really pulled something off there. Not that, again, Newsom would have would have lost. But they sure made it a landslide with their operation on the ground. And it's not one that is likely legal. But again, uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. God bless.